This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, we're learning today about the Yisur of Chadash. Yisur of Chadash is directly uh, Nogea to Sfirat Omer, if you want to call it that way, or the time of after Pesach. Second day of Pesach is when you start counting the Omer, and the reason for that is because you bring the Omer right at that time, after the first Yom Tov, at the night, you bring the Omer. And at that time, everything that was uh, planted from the five grains would be permitted. Not only planted, everything that was rooted in the ground, the roots were starting to lay out, all of that would be permitted to eat until next year. So everything that is rooted after that time, after the Korban Omer was brought at the end of the first Yom Tov, at night, that would be something that Asur, Mishum of Chadash, the Isur of Chadash. That is Alachai in Shulchan Aruch, in Ilchot Sfirat Omer, in the end of Ilchot Sfirat Omer, in Siman Taf Peited, Shulchan Aruch brings in Seif Yud, Asur Lechol Chadash, Af Bazman Azeh, one is not allowed to eat Chadash, new grain that was rooted after the bringing of the Korban, Ha'omer, even Bazmanazeh. What's Bazmanazeh? Although there's no Beta Mikdash and there's no bringing of a Korban Ha'omer, so you would think that it doesn't apply anymore. Just like we said by Sfirat Ha'omer that according to majority of Rishonim, it doesn't apply Sfirat Ha'omer with the Oraita. It could be Chadash, is not the Oraita. Says the Shukhan Aruch, no. Chadash is the Oraita, Filo Bazmanazeh, and one needs to, be, to take that halacha. To, uh, all the way as it would be uh, any other Isur, like Trefot, like Nevelot, or any other Isur Torah. What does it apply to? Says the Shukhan Uch, Ben Lechem, Ben Kali, Ben Carmel. Any way you are roasting it or you're preparing it, it should be a Sur, all different um, grains from the five Minim, five different grains. Until when? As I explained before, it's asur, but it gets permitted on the night of, uh, of um, the end of the first Yom Tov of Pesach in Chutz Laaretz, that we celebrate two days of Yom Tov, it would be until the night of the second Yom Tov. Now let's explain that in order to be able to understand this uh, on a full uh, picture. The Torah says, in Vaikak of Gideon, Torah says that when you come to the land of Eretz Yisrael, you need to harvest and bring the Omer, Rashid Ktsir Chem, El Akoen. You bring it to the Kohen, you bring it to the Beta Mikdash. What does it reply to? Lechem Kaliva Karmel, Lotochlu Ad Hayom, Etsem Hayom Which means there's a few things that it says here. First of all, it says, At Etsem Hayom which means that with the source of the Shukhanaruk, that it applies a filu by Yomazeh. Etsem Hayom doesn't mean only when you have the Beta Mikdash, but rather, At Etsem Hayom it's forever. So this is anything, as I explained, from the five grains, will not be permitted. Now, the way this 
um, would be done in Beit HaMikdash is the following. This is Mishnah in Menachot, Perek Asiri. The Perek is called Rabbi Ishmael. And this is talking about bringing of the Korban Omer. Many people have the custom to say this uh, Mishnah, although they're not saying the whole Mishnah, but the way the Mishnah explains, many have a custom to say it in Shul before counting of the, of the first day of the Omer. And they read this, um, this from the Sidur, of, of, from the Machzor, and they come out with the full understanding of what happens. Let's just explain what happens here. The Mishnah says that Rabbi Ishmael Omer, Ha'omer haya ba b'Shabbat mishalosh sein uvechol mechamesh, which means Rabbi Ishmael says that when you bring the Korban Omer on the 16th of Nisan, remember that Yom Tov is on the 15th, the end of the first Yom Tov is the 16th of Nisan at night, you bring that from shalosh seim, a certain amount of flour that you bring, that is the amount you bring if it would be, if, if that day would fall on Shabbat, which means Yom Tov was Erev Shabbat, and now it's Shabbat that you have to bring the Korban Omer. If it's Yom Chol, you bring Chamesh Seim. Why is it? Says Rabbi Ishmael that in order to get a very fine flour, you have to sift it many times. Normally, you have to sift it five times. But on Shabbat, since it involves a lot of uh, different melachot, so it's better to sift it three times and just just uh, do less melachot. On on um, on a weekday, you could sift it uh, five times, do less work, but sift it more times, and that is uh, that is on a weekday. But on Shabbat, says Rabbi Ishmael that it's better to sift it three times and not to do more flour, not to do five seim. Why? Because five seim would, uh, would acquire you to do various melachot. What are they? The ktsira. Ktsira is harvesting. So again, we're talking about uh, on a weekday, chamesh seim. So you have to harvest. After you harvest, you have to be zore, which means uh, what we call winnowing. You throw it to the air. Um, that is... Uh, and, and, and it comes down, and all the grain falls to the ground, and the straw uh, blows in the wind. That is zore. Then you have to do borer, selecting, because after you indeed did zore, winnowing, the wind threw the, uh, the straw out, and you have yourself the grain, but still there's much dirt together with that grain, and there are still pieces of uh, straw that fell together. So therefore you have to do some brira. What's brira? Brira is a more fine selecting. You do it with your hands. You take away everything in your hand that looks to be, um, looks to be not part of the food that you're planning to, uh, to prepare for the flour. And after that, you do what we call tchina, tchina and rikud. Rikud, again, rikud is using a sifter to make sure that it's much better. But first you do tchina. Tchina is the grinding. So those melachot, there's five melachot involved over here. We don't want to do those melachot on Shabbat if we don't have to. Obviously, we are permitted because korban omer is doche Shabbat, just like any other korban that is doche Shabbat. But 
those uh, five different things, if you could do less of them, you should do less of them. That's the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. Therefore, he says that you should use shalosim, not as much uh, as not as much grain as uh, on a weekday, and you do more of the of the selecting, and um, you come out with the same amount in the end of the day. Unlike on Yom Chol, that you will use more of the grain and you do less of the work, but you do more melachot. Shabbat, you try to be memet melachot. This is the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. Chachamim argue, they say, no, regardless, Echad b'Shabbat, Echad b'Chol, Mishalosh, Ayaba. You bring three in, and you prepare them. Now, this is the, 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 the amount you take out. Now, he says the Mishnah, Rabbi Hanina, Sgane Konim, Omer, B'Shabbat, Ayan, Niktar, on Shabbat, all you use is one person, says Rabbi Hanina Sgana Kohanin, in order to harvest, and you use one magal, which means the round knife, in order to cut, and you put it in one basket, kupachat, a hole, you use shlosha, you use three people, three kupot, three magalot. Chachamim argue on that as well. They say, no, even the Shabbat, you use three. Why is that? Soon we'll see that there's the inyan to do pirsum. And that is what I'm trying to get to over here to explain, that you try to publicize very much the inyan of Tirat Omer and Avat Omer. Why is that? We'll see soon that there was a huge machloket between the Chachamim, what were called back then Prushim, and the Tzdukim. Tzdukim were certain sects of um, in Amitrael that were the Talmidim of Antigonus Ish Soho and he had two Talmidim, Sduki and Baitos. And those two Talmidim that were uh, righteous in the beginning, they went off and they had a totally different uh, ideas of how life and how religion should be. And they had a lot of Talmidim which were called Sdukim and Baitusim. Those, uh, the, the Mishnah, the Pirkei Avot, in Avot the Rabbi Natan, Perkei, explains this very clearly. The Mishnah, the Mishnah of the Avot says, Antigonus Ish Soho Kibel Meshimon HaTzadik, which means every, uh, every Torah is received from a rabbi from a Talmud uh, to, to uh, from a rabbi to his Talmud, rabbi to his Talmud, and over here the Kabbalah was from Antigonus Ish Soho that received from Shimon Tzadik. What was that that he received? Now, in the beginning of Pirkei Avot, it says that Moshe kibel Torah misinai umtara liyoshua shual eskenim. What what uh, what does that come to tell us? The Bartanura explains right away in the first. Mishnah in Avot, he explains that don't think that Pirkei Avot is wisdom that Chachamim came with their great mind, just like Chachmeu Mota Olam, you see many of the wise people of the world, they uh, came with different brilliant ideas of how a person should live life, how to be happy in life, if you want to, take, if you want to go to a library, you'll find 
endless books of how to be happy in life, how to be friendly, how to make a lot of friends, how to make money, how to, be ha- how to not be jealous, all kinds of things that teach you how to live life better, happier, more sufficient. But you would think that Chachamim were the same, is, are, are doing the same uh, agenda, which means they come to teach you in the same way. Says the Partanura, the first Bartanura, he explains that no, everything Chachamim tell us in Turkey Avot, just like any other place, is, to, is Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai, which means everything that's written there is actually Divrei Elokim Chaim. It's not that Chachamim came up with this, with their wisdom, but rather it's a Kabbalah Talmid from his rabbi. And that is the reason it keeps on saying this Kibel from that, this rabbi Kibel from that, and the Zugot they were mekabel from other zugot. Over here in this Pirkei Avot, Rabbi Nathan, Pirkei, he says that Antogin Ushi Socho Kibel Mishimon HaTzadik. What was he receiving? What are the words that he received that were supposed to be given to the next generation? What is the message that he received? He received the following. אל תיו כעבדים המשמשים את הרב על מנת לקבל פרס, אלא יהיו כעבדים המשמשים את הרב שלא על מנת לקבל פרס. He taught them something very interesting. He says that whenever you worship, you work the master, don't work the master in order to receive a reward, but rather you should work the master not in order to receive a reward. ויהיה מורה שמיים עליכם. And you should fear Hashem now. When the two Talmidim heard what he said over here, they said, wow, something over here doesn't make sense. And this is how the Mishnah in Avot explained. Avot Rabbi Natan, Antogin Ushi Soch, Ayu Lo Shnei Talmidim, Shayu Shonim Bidvarav, Vayu Shonim Letalmidim, Vetalmidim Letalmidim. Which means they had, he had two great students. The main students that were constantly learning his words, and they were repeating his words, and not only that, they had Talmidim and Talmidim of Talmidim that they would teach them, and those, those students would teach their students everything that they would learn from Antikin or Shizoko. It was an unbelievable system. You would think about it. It's like today you have a rabbi like Chacham of Adya that has his own Talmidim, and those Talmidim teach Talmidim under them what Chacham of Adya Torah Chacham of Adya is, and so on and so forth. This is a beautiful thing, and this is uh, the, the system that it was in their time. But they came across something that he said, and that threw them off. What did, they, what did he say that threw them off? Says the Avod Rabbi Natan, Some of the students were learning this, and they came across something that, that, that sounded to them not right. How is it possible that our rabbis said such a thing that one should work his master. Now, obviously, you all understand that we're talking about working master not in order to, re- to receive a reward. We're talking about a master which is a kadosh means don't worship a kadosh buchu. Don't work a kadosh buchu like a slave that waits for the reward. Rather, work a kadosh buchu without expecting the reward. Now, they said, is it possible that one should work without receiving a reward, which means they took it all the way. The didn't say that you don't get a reward. Rather, he said that when you 
work a Kadosh Baruch Hu, work in such a way like you don't receive it, or, or work without the, the, this having in mind the goal in the end of the day, which means when you go to work and you do your job, you know that in the end of the day you'll get paid. But are you doing it in order to get paid? Says Antogino Shisoho, don't do it in order to get paid. Do it because that's the right thing to do. You will get paid. But do it not because you're getting paid. Do it because that is what's the right thing to do. There is a Kadosh Bukhu that created everything, and he's our father of Inu Malkenu, and he loves us, and we love him. And you should work a Kadosh Bukhu because that is the right and correct thing to do, even if you wouldn't get a reward. But it doesn't say you wouldn't get a reward. Over here, they understood it literally that there's no reward. And they said, How is it possible that a person would work all day? In the end of the day, the master doesn't pay him. Obviously, they came to the conclusion that um, our, our fathers and our rabbis didn't say that only because they knew there's no other world, and there's no Tchiyat Amidim. Amdu pirshu mina Torah, venifretzu mehem shtei pratzot, sdukim uvaitosim. They left the Torah, and they started new movements. What are they? Sdukim uvaitosim, because of their name, Tzadok uvaitos. Vayu mishtamshim bekle kesef, bekle zav kol yemehem. All their life, says the Mishnah, they used clay kesef, clay zav, silverware, and gold vessels. Why is that? Because they understood that if you don't have any, any reward, at least benefit from this world as much as you can. So that's how it ended over here. She loi tada atan gasalem el atzdukim omrim masoretu beyad pushim shen metzarim atzmam baolam azeu valam abayin lehem klum. Obviously the, the pushim, pushim means the rabbis, the obviously believe that they should hurt themselves, they should torture themselves, they should put themselves in sal all their life. In the next world, they don't receive anything. They don't want to live such a life. They, they, they say, you know what, if we get a reward in the end of the day, wonderful. But if there's no reward in the end of the day, we're not interested. Let's, let's just enjoy life. We want to enjoy life. So that's what the emphasis over here, that they would take um, vessels of silver and gold and enjoy it, which means in, 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 in the, the, the concentrated idea is that they enjoyed life. They wanted to enjoy life to the fullest. And that's what they did. Now, when they made a, such a machloket between the two, it came down to a machloket in, def, different, uh, in, in various things. It wasn't just a machloket in what I said right now, where the, the understanding of things, but rather there was a machloket here in various things of how to understand the Torah, because they understood that if you have such a thing that is not to... Uh, not to have Olam Abba, it means that Chachamim also had to create over here a whole set of laws that is their idea. So part of those laws are what we call the Torah Shebe'al Peh. The Torah is divided into two parts, Torah Shebe'al Peh Torah Shebe'al Peh. Torah Shebe'al Peh, they didn't, they weren't like, you know, they, they didn't become 
uh, totally off. They didn't be- believe in God. No, they believed in God. They were great people. We said they were Talmudim of Dogenish Sochog. They were people that were believers. But at a certain point, they went off that idea that there can't be that there's no reward. And obviously, if the Pushim, if the Talmudim Chachamim believe that there's no reward, so the whole thing is made up. And what part is made up? The Torah Shebe'al Peh. That the Torah Shebe'al the Torah Shebe'al they believe, they know that there is a Kadosh Buhu, and the Kadosh Buhu gave the, his message. His message is written in the Torah. So because of that, they came to have an argument with, uh, with the, the Pushim on few things. It wasn't just one thing. It was a few things. What are the things that they argued? They argued on, uh, on various things. One of the things that they argued was uh, what we're talking about right now, and that is, that is um, the Sfirat Omer. But beforehand, I want to explain other things, for instance, also that they had Machloket with Chachamim. The Gemara has in it uh, many places that we see how fierce was the Machloket between the Chachamim and the Tzdukim. The Tzdukim was a sect that, that had a lot of influence on a lot of people in, in Am Yisrael, and the Pushim had a fierce machloket with them that they should not, uh, they should not carry their agenda and their belief uh, to, the, to people and to the next generation if the machloket was uh, concerning various things. For instance, on uh, Yom Kippur, that a Kohen Gadol walks into Kodesh HaKodeshim. So, uh, according to uh, what it says in the Torah, Be'anan, which means the Kohen Gadol has to go inside Kodesh HaKodeshim, Be'anan Yareh, which means he makes a cloud, and when he makes the cloud from the Ketoret, right, he brings the Ketoret, the Ketoret makes a cloud of smoke, and that is the time that he goes into Kodesh HaKodeshim. Now, <coughs> what does it mean? We understand that Be'anan Yareh means that when he walks inside, he makes the cloud inside the Kodesh Kodashim, as we explained that he puts, how he puts the, 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 the ketoret, that he, he creates the, the, the amud of the, of, the, uh, of the smoke, and that is the time that he walks uh, into Kodesh Kodashim. But the Tzukim didn't, didn't believe that, because that is an explanation of the Rasha Be'alpeh. They said, no, Be'anan, which means first you have to have that anan, that first you have to have that smoke, that cloud of smoke, and only then he can walk in. So he, ha- he can't do the ketoret inside, rather they have, to, he, they have to make it outside. This is an, one machloket. For instance, they had a big machloket with Chachamim about Nisu Hamayim. They Since Nisu Hamayim is not written any place in the Torah, Nisu Hamayim is the service that uh, you do in Beit HaMikdash, on the on on the holiday of Sukkot, and since we don't have uh, that at all written in any place in the Torah, so they they didn't believe it. They believe only what it says in the Torah, and so on. For instance, they also the, couldn't believe the Inyan of Eruv Chatzerot, and so on. We are dealing today with Sfirat Omer. One of the things that he says in the Spirat Omer is Mimachorat HaShabbat. That's what he says. That when do you bring that Omer? 
Now, when you read those words, anybody that reads those, those words understands that when you bring the Omer, the next day after Shabbat, it means Moshe Shabbat on a Sunday. And why is it that we don't do it on a Sunday, but rather we do it after the first day of, uh, of, the, the, the first day of, of uh, Pesach? The, that, is, that was a huge machloket between the Sdukim and the Prushim, the Chachamim. Why? Because we have a Kabbalah. We don't work with the way we understand the literal meaning of the Torah. The Torah says in Machorat HaShabbat, Chachamim were mekabel from Har Sinai, that Machorat HaShabbat doesn't talk about Shabbat Bereshit, rather it's talking about the Shabbat called Yom Tov. After the Yom Tov of Pesach, that is when you start uh, counting. This is when you bring the Korban Omer. This is when you start counting the Sfirat Omer. This, the Pushim, the, I'm sorry, the Tzdukim, the Baitusim, couldn't accept. They said, no, it says in Machorat Shabbat, don't make up things. This is what it says in the Torah. You can change what it says in the Torah. Because of that machloket, Chachamim went out of the way to do all kinds of different acts to emphasize and to show that Mimachorat Shabbat is Dafka Shabbat of Yom Tov, and right away it could be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it doesn't make a difference what day of the week. That is the day that you'll do the Korban Omer. And because of that, there was publicity. And that's why I, I explained in this first Mishnah in Menachot Perakut that they would do it with three people, with three round knives, mag, mag, magla, and uh, the magal and the uh, kupa, three different baskets. Why would they do it with three? In order to publicize. And they would do a lot of things in order to publicize. Later on, when... They start. They they come uh, to the to the time that they need to harvest that omer. Omer comes from barley. They would uh, they would have to harvest the barley. They would uh, they would call out three times. Now you know that whenever you do something three times, the purpose of doing things three times is in order to emphasize. Over here, that's what it is: emphasize, publicize. So they would say before they do it, when would, when would be the right time to do it? The right time to do it, we said, was right after the first day of, the first day of Yom Tov, when it's night. So they, when the night came, they would say, Omer lehem ba shemesh, did the, did the sun set? Omrim hen. Again, ba shemesh, omrim hen. Three times they would say that. Why? Again, to emphasize that idea that you do it now and not on Shabbat Bereshit. And they would do that to every act that they would, they would do. They would say, Magalzo, this is the knife. This is the knife that I'm holding. Omrim hen. Magalzo, omrim hen. Magalzo, omrim hen. Everybody would answer, which means you can, you can imagine a huge amount of crowd standing over there by the place that they would harvest. Which, by the way, the Mishnah says it would be a place close to Yerushalayim if possible. As close as possible to Yerushalayim. And unless you don't have any place uh, there 
that has the Omer that is uh, ready, so then you would go other places as well. But usually you bring it close, and a huge amount of people would come, and it would be a whole uh, scene. And people would sit, stand, and they would hear the person screaming, Magazu Hen, Magazu Hen. Then Kupazu, is this the basket that we're going to put the, 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 the barley into? We go ahead. Kupazu, Now we would say, Beshabbat, Omerlem, Shabbat, Zu, Omrim, Hen. Why is that? Again, for the same idea, they would emphasize. Ektor, should I harvest? Omrim, Lo, Ektor, Ektor. This is the understanding. The Ktirat Omer is not in the end of the first day of Pesach, but rather it's Bemotay Shabbat, right after Pesach. Because what it says in the Torah, Again, the Tzdukim, the Baitusim, would explain Mimachorat HaShabbat is really Mimachorat HaShabbat, which means you wait right after the first holiday of Pesach, the Cholam of Shabbat. This is when you make the harvesting. But we have, as I explained, such a Kabbalah that Mimachorat HaShabbat does not, re- does not mean Shabbat Bereshit, but rather the Omer. Because of that, says the Mishnah here, that they would emphasize that very much. They would keep on saying it in order to make sure that everybody would understand that this is the way, it, uh, this is the time, this is the right time to do it, and not like the, the Tzdukim, the way that Tzdukim would do such things. Afterwards, after the harvest, what would they would do with it? They would... They would put it a little bit on a fire just to give it a little bit, uh, to, to roast it a little bit. And then you put it on the fire. Abuv is such a, such a utensil that has, had holes in it in order that it would get, uh, it would get to roast, but not burnt. Because if it would, it would have very large holes, you get burnt. The fire will get through it. It would be just holes here and there, just to, in order to roast it, but not the, to burn it. After that, as I explained in the beginning, they would uh, sift it very well in order to bring out of it a isaron that would be extremely fine, and they would use for that thirteen different sifters which means one better than the other. They would start with a sift that is not, as, uh, not, not so fine and go uh, slowly, slowly through 13 sifts in order to have it very, very fine. And only that they would use, and the rest they would uh, be podeh, and anybody could have ate from it. But over here, that's, um, that is what they would use. That very, very fine isaron. After they would bring it, to, uh, to the Mizbeh, together with the Korban, <coughs> Karava Omer. As soon as they makriv the Omer, what would happen right then is that every grain that they would have from the five grains now is permitted. From now on, all the grains that was rooted in the ground, and even more if it was harvested already, was taken, although there's machloket if you can harvest before the Omer, bring, the Omer 
was brought, but whatever was whatever was um, already rooted and 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 more than that would be permitted, and people now could eat. Mishkarava Omer Yosim Umotim Shukir Shalan Shumale Kemach Vekali. And over here, uh, it would be that uh, that idea of um, allowing now everything after the Omer. Now the Omer would would allow. As the Mishnah says, the Omer Ayam Atir Medina, which means harvesting of the Omer and bringing the Korban Omer would allow everybody now to eat from their five grains, but five different species of grains, but that they would bring in Shavuot, in Chag Shavuot, would allow now in the Mikdash to bring Mincha from Tevua Chadasha. So remember that. There's a difference between Pesach and Shavuot. On Pesach, the Omer would permit anybody to eat in their own house, in the field, but uh, until Chag Shavuot, you can just uh, bring any Korban from any place that you want. You are only able to bring Korban from the old flour, now that they brought Shtei Halechem in Chag Shavuot in the Mikdash, that allows you now to bring Tvua Chadasha. That's what it says in the, in the Torah, Mincha Chadasha Lashem Beshavuotechem. What does it mean, Chadasha? Shtei Chadasha Lechol Menachot. Now, with this uh, short summary that I just explained, we can understand why is it that the, what is it that the Torah requires from us? It says in the Torah again, "Kitavo el aras asheranino ken lachem uktsartem et ketsira vavatem et omer ashit tirchem el akohen." You have to bring that korban omer to Beit Hamikdash to the Kohen velechem vekali vekarmel until you do that. Lo tochlu adetem ayom azeh adav yachem et korban eloichem. And we explain that this applies also today. Because the Shulchan Buch was posek, like the like the Torah says at Etem Ayom that Isur Chadash is Nohem Gam Manazeh, and we need to explain uh, maybe on the next year which heterim you have for such a thing, because there are different uh, places that you'll see that eat without without investigating what they're buying. Normally, you go to buy a cookie, you go to buy a cake, you go to buy pasta, you go to buy cereal. You should make sure that what you're buying is Kemach Yashan, not Kemach Hadash. So again, in, right now, everything was permitted right after Pesach. You don't have a problem for a while. In Eretz Israel, that they never almost have a problem with Tvua uh, Hadasha because the way the harvest over there, the way the the, the, flour, the the wheat grows is in a time that uh, they don't run into issues. Uh, we'll explain that, Bezrat Hashem. But how is it possible that when you go, you see people buying and they're not necessarily looking whether what they're eating is yashan or not? They're not, they're not behaving in such a thing for any other thing. For instance, when you eat, when you want to buy meat, you want to buy chicken, you take a look at the kashrut, make sure that it is to the best of the kashrut. Why? You don't want to violate the Isur of the Torah. Why is this Isur of the Torah, which is a love de oraita, just like any other love de oraita, is taken more lightly? This will have to, to explain Bezrat Hashem next time. I just wanted to give the introduction to the whole Sibiyah, 
which is what we spoke today, and Bezrat Hashem, next time we'll go into the sugiya of when it's asur, when it's mutar, what the leniency is, when is one obligated to be lenient, and when one cannot uh, or has to make the extra effort to make sure that it's not lenient. But I hope this introduction shed a little bit light of the, of the whole thing of Sirata uh, Omer, when is it and why is it start, starting now, and the Surah Kadash and Yashan. Thank you all for joining us tonight. You should have a wonderful night. Be'ezrat Hashem. And, and join us again. I don't know if it will be tomorrow. The next night, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll send the message. Chazak u'baruch. Thank you, Hello? Rabbi Sachan? Hello? Hello? Hello?
just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.